it's obvious that when these two team up, the result is magical. This week in tennis. And we brought this dynamic duo together once again. Welcome to This Week in Tennis. Welcome to This Week in Tennis. My name's Phil Nasons. He's Craig Doyle. And we have an Australian Open, Craig. What's going on over there with you, my friend? Yeah, no, it's uh, obviously an interesting time of the year. Australian Open, it kind of happens through the night for me. Uh, the time difference to the UK means that matches start about an hour from when we're recording this show. So, um, yeah, I tend to catch little bits. I, I tend to catch a night session more than I do the day session. So uh, I've been trying to keep up with the action. But I hear that tennis is not the only sport that you do these days. You've become an expert in soccer as well. All right. Okay, fair enough. Um no, on my on my Phil Nason show, I brought on a couple guys guys that I work with in the summer. I don't know anything about soccer. They obviously do. So I basically just shut up and got out of the way. It might have been the best Phil Nason show we ever did. Well, we'll see what happens when the ratings come in. Yeah, right, huh? Well, anyway, this week, I, I tell you, you know, I, I, I said some things on Twitter the other day. Did you see what I said? I saw a little bit of snippets of it. You been taking a little bit of an interest in the junior game and you've got a, a few opinions on that I believe. Well it's not about taking an interest. I've been coaching for a long time as you know. Um, I was asked to go out and watch a couple kids play. Local kids here. And I went. And I wish I didn't. Um, you know the junior tennis scene can be dicey. In fact a few years ago I did a show called about cheating in juniors. I was with a nice, nice young lady and we were watching the tennis and these kids are cheating like crazy, and I don't even realize it because I'm so used to seeing that, you know, uh, kids calling lines close, you know, you know how it works in a junior scene. And anyway, when she pointed it out to me, I started paying closer attention, of course. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a rampant thing. It's it's not just an American thing, but I was watching two kids play, and you know, the lines are in, and the coaches were encouraging them to cheat. And that kind of ticked me off a little bit because as a coach, and I've been one for about a lot longer than these two characters, I'm sure, our job is to develop people first, players second. Because in tennis, and I know that these two boneheads probably didn't realize this or don't realize this, but the odds of you coaching a kid that goes on the tour, and I, I guess I've defied the odds because I've got kids playing in this one, in Australian Open. I've got them all over the place. But most of us don't get that luxury and don't get that lucky. So our job is really try to teach them tennis, obviously, but try to help develop them as people because we spend so much time. It's an individual sport, and we coach them individually. And I don't know how you are going to build character in a kid by encouraging them to cheat. Do you? No, I mean, it's, you know, I've not coached tennis, but, um, you know, from experience of other sports as well, and, and as you said, tennis is more one-to-one -one than other sports, but um, part of coaching in general when you're you're working with kids, and it may not just be in a sporting capacity, it's in the classroom in terms of an education as well, is that you got to teach integrity, you got to teach values, and you you got to bring these kids up properly. Uh, you got to teach them respect and for themselves and for others uh and cheating you know it, it just shows a, a lack of self-respect a lack of respect for their opponent um lack of respect for the rules and regulations 
and I guess you know, as a coach, uh, you are the role model that the kids look up to. You're the example set for them, uh, and you need to be able to step in when they are doing wrong and uh, and right those wrongs. You know, guide them towards a, a better future for everyone. I guess. Well, you're not to encourage poor behavior and taking shortcuts, and that's what they did, and that really set me off. I was pretty pissed. I was going to say something to these yo-yos, but what's the point? You know, they need to be disciplined. People, the USPTA and the USPTR, great teaching organizations, I guess. I've never been a part of either because you know me. I don't need to be, and that's a good thing. You know, my employers never required it, and I've had two or three very, very, very good jobs, lucrative positions in the tennis industry. Anyhow, there needs to be some sort of discipline and some sort of encouragement to these coaches that they should be trying to help these kids develop as people first and then as players. And anyone who's encouraging these young people to cheat should be banned for life. It's just like a teacher in the classroom encouraging their students to commit crimes because technically that's what you're doing. You're stealing from your opponent. You're cheating him. And you learn to do that at some point, it's going to catch up to you. As soon as those linesmen get out there, it's all over. So all your cheating got you nowhere. Or it got you to the same place you would have probably gotten if you'd have done it straight. But a lot of these guys don't do that. These coaches, they, they're desperate to push forward a kid for their own namesake, you know, for their own career's sake. And unfortunately, it's a rampant thing. It's I've coached all over the world, and I've seen it all over the world. But this was the most egregious because these coaches were encouraging it, and no parent, no adult ever said a word to them. That was alarming to me. Well, I guess that makes a change at the uh, at the junior scene that the uh, parents, the, the, the other adults in the room, weren't getting a little bit vociferous over it because usually you find that the parents are the first ones to stand up and uh, to complain. But then I guess, you know, if it's their kid that's cheating to win, they might not have too much to say. They probably didn't, and and it is what it is. But it's a sad situation. This is why, uh, you know, I was going to retire full-time, but I guess I'm going to be back at Brookwood this summer for one more summer for one reason, one reason only, to try to be a good influence in a sport that's turning uglier and uglier by the day. Kind of like this Australian Open, Craig. Now, I, I look at this. I've seen some of the matches because they start late, and I have you know radio at night, and I have this and that. But my God, my God. I watched Fabio Fognini play this morning. I kind of wish that I didn't. Bad tennis, I'm- Craig. Bad tennis. <laughs> I'm guessing, you know, it wasn't a short one when I I was watching it. It was just starting a fifth set. It looked like it was going to go all the way to the uh, tiebreaker. I I think I may even caught a little bit of the news earlier on that did go to the tiebreaker. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, it was close. I I had to do other things, so I had to turn the TV off, but I know that he won, and I believe it was. I believe it was the fifth set breaker that they're running over there. And my God, he had so many opportunities to win. And it goes back to a couple things that we talked about last week, and we encourage people to be careful about when betting. One, you don't know these people, these players' motivations. Two, you have no idea if they've been injured. 
You have no idea what they did from the time the season ended last year to this year. You don't know if they practiced before they got to Australia. You don't know anything. And, and it's a tough tournament. We've seen a lot of seeds fall. Grigor Dimitra fell today, um, to name just one. Uh, Sloan Stevens, that wasn't a surprise, really. But what surprised you in this event so far, you think? Um, what surprised me so far is it's still two British players in this event because uh, without Andy Murray, British tennis is, um, you know, awful. It, it's on the brink of disappearing again. It's it's going to become a little bit obsolete over here. So the fact that there's two young ladies still in, uh, in the draw going into day four is uh, a massive bonus for British tennis. I think it probably exceeds expectations. Um, if you're looking for a big one that's been a surprise for me, um, Denis Shapovalov, the uh, Canadian young Canadian player, lost in the first round. I think that was a little bit of a shock for me because even though he's, you know, we we spoke about him last week on the show. He's one of those young players that everyone's having to look at um, as one of the sort of future guys. Uh, for him to lose in the, in the first round you know that's a bit of a massive blow for his season uh getting off to that kind of start maybe you know as you said he's maybe not had the best off season or something like that but um that, that one took me by surprise you know it was one that i had a little bit of money on um i, I didn't see that result coming so that, that that's cost me uh, a little on the betting um and again today um dimitrov going out you know dimitrov he's been one of those players over the last five, six years where everyone's kind of seen a lot of talent in this guy. He's got that thing where people think, yeah, he, this guy could maybe win a slam. It's just not worked out for him. You know, ever since he won that ATP tour finals a few years back, he's, he's really not searched up the rankings. He, he's ranked somewhere in the top 20 just, but uh, for him to lose second round today in five sets, that was a little bit of a shocker for me. Yeah. How about you? What, what did you nail down as, as one that took you by surprise? Heather Watson winning against Pliskova. <laughs> I didn't think she could beat anybody, but apparently she can, and she did. I think something happened to Pliskova in the for, end of the first set, but still, that was a big surprise for me. Um, let me see. The other one that I was kind of shocked by... You know, Kukushkin lost in the first round. That was kind of weird. Um, I think uh, Taylor Townsend still in the tournament, and that's a that was a good result for her, and or him, and, and or her or whoever. And uh, you know who's the big one though? And this is a good one because I like Tennis Sandgren. You know, he trains in Nashville, and he knocked out Berrettini today in five sets. That kid, and then afterwards, he says, I can beat anyone in the world. Can he? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I saw a comment from you earlier on, actually. You were watching a little bit of Roger Federer earlier on. And, oh, you God. Know, it, it looked it looked relatively easy, and this guy's 38 years old. Well, that was just it. You know, he it looked like he was playing his buddies in the park on a Sunday afternoon, you know, having a Sunday hit at the club. I mean, he just walked up. He didn't even split step on a servant volley, and he did it so effortlessly. It was almost hilarious, you know, but he looks really good. And, and like we talked about last week, if you're going to play Roger Federer and bet Roger Federer matches, you want to bet the under in the first couple of rounds because he's going to go out and try to take people out quick. He's got to preserve his energy. Um, he, wants to, he doesn't want to be on that court very long. 
and it appears that he hasn't been. And another player that's been very lucky is uh, Stefano Sisipas. You know, he walk, he won on a walkover second round. Philip Cole Schreiber is injured, hurt his back. And now he plays young Milos Raonic. And do you remember when we used to talk about Raonic as someone who could win a major? Now I'm just wondering if he can win this next match. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, he did get to a slam final. I think he, he lost to um, Andy Murray at Wimbledon. Um, you know, so that, but that's gone back, what, what was that, 2016 or something like that? It's gone back quite a few years now. So it's been a difficult time for Milos Lejonek because he, he, he really, that season, he looked like he was on the cusp of becoming the next big thing. You know, here's this young guy who's got this massive serve and uh, he had big, he, he, he created a whole game around that, you know, the huge forehand, he fixed the backhand problems he was having. He really pushed all the way that season and it, it just hasn't happened for him. Um, and, and the last few years, it's all sort of fallen to pieces. But uh, this could be a real good match, you know. You know, this could be the pick of the next couple of days because uh, Rianch and Sipsipast have never played each other. So there's no history there. You're going to have one guy... Bombing down big serves. You're going to have all action tennis. This is going to be a great match. Uh, you know, really, really difficult to call that one. I think it will be, but I, I'm going to go with Sisipas. Uh, He's only been out on the court an hour and thirty minutes over his two matches. Actually, over his one match, and Rayanich, he's been out there almost four hours already. So, you know, the edge in rest goes to Sisipas. You know, Sisipas has a pretty big serve too, but. Uh, I think his game is a little more rounded than Rayonic. And, and I think you're going to get a good price on Sissipas, I think. And if you do, you got to pull the trigger. Yeah, let's, you know, let's let's see. I, I'm going to back Rayonic. I think, uh, you know, you said he's been out in court for over four hours, but it's been straight sets twice. Uh, he's been pretty dominant, 6-2, uh, 6-1, six, 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 and 6-3, six, 6-4, six, six, So he's not really been challenged yet. I think he's probably got his eye in on that serve, and if he's thrown down the bombs like he used to be able to do, I'm, you know, this is going to be an all-action game. I, I can I can see it going five sets, and uh, Ravnic, you know, maybe just being able to hang in there with that little bit more experience. I think that could happen too. You know, um, I I feel like that could, but I'm going to have to go with my boy Stefanos in this one. Um, the snow plows are uh, plowing right now. Can you hear them back there? Oh my God! You know who else is uh, looking good this week? is uh, Silic. Silic knocked out Paris in, in five sets. Uh, Silic is bombing away. He looks good. And I think he's got a good shot at this thing. What do you think about uh, Silic? How do you think? How do you feel about his game right now? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's improving. You know, he's, he's on the way back. He's another guy. This is, this is a guy who, let's put it this way, in the last decade, he's only one of six guys to win a Grand Slam. Yeah. You know, there's 40 slams in a decade, and this guy's one of six guys who won one. So, <laughs> he, he, you know, he's got serious game. He's on his way back to his best. He's already, you know, taken out Parry, who was, I think Parry was the seed in that one, actually. So, still just through to play Roberto Bautista good. And again, that's going to be another hot contest. In fact, again, I, I can see five sets. So, that's uh, uh, going to be a real close game. Um, and the winner of that one, I think, actually plays Sipsipas or Renich. So, you know, you've got a huge, you know, two huge third-round matches, and whoever wins those is going to be a huge fourth-round match as well. Oh, you're looking at a lot of overs. 
You know, that's what we're looking at, a lot of overs. When you get a guy like Silich bombing away, his goal is to just get to a tiebreaker and just keep it going. John Isner, same way. When you see these guys, you want to kind of consider going with the over and not worry about who wins. But uh, that's just me. That's that's kind of how I would roll with this. Um, you know, Rafael Nadal looked pretty good opening day. Um, does he win this tournament, though? Did, did it... Did he look good enough that you feel a little more comfortable uh, backing him? That, that's such a difficult question. You know, we've only seen him play one round against a guy that, you know, Rafael Nadal was going to beat every day of the week. You know, his game's just too good for, for that level of opponent. Um, he's going to play Del Bonis today. Um, again, you know, that's, that's one where you look at it and you go, what do you learn from that? Probably not a lot. Um, we're going to find out a lot more about Rafael Nadal come the second week, um, specifically his fourth round match. That could be against Nick Kyrgios. Um, that would be absolutely huge. And I think like that game could be the making or breaking on Nadal here. But for me, the winner's not coming from the top half of that jaw. I just don't see anyone in the top half of that jaw that I think, you know, unless Kyrgios goes on a, a serious run and he, he really knuckles down and focuses and says, yeah, I want to win this. Um, th- that would be hugely emotional. That would be a huge thing. But I look down the names in that top half of the jaw and I'll be honest, I don't see the winner coming from there. The winner's coming from the bottom half. You know what? That makes a lot of sense too. Um, I'll tell you a couple matches that I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to Tennis Sandgren and, and, and Sam Query. Sam Query cost me some money on opening day. He's playing pretty well. And I think, you know, he's he's come through. Uh, knocking out Korich in straight sets, that was just weird. I think Korich was hurt and was just there to pick up a check and not try to hurt his ranking too much. But Barankas, he knocked out him four sets. Who wins this match? Sangreen and Query, this is going to be a bettable match on the money line because it's going to be both of them will be minus two hundred or less. I think this is a bettable game. So the the real question, and I'll put it to you, is how do you favor Sangreen's return game up against Query's serve? Because you know Query's he, he kind of comes in that John Isner bracket that. Uh, Ivo Karlovich type bracket that it's going to be hugely serve dominated. He's going to want to put that serve down. He's going to step in and he's going to hit a winner if it comes back. So does Sangren have the game to cause him problems? Can he get enough returns in play to, to make Query have to play shots? Because that's really where we're going to be um, for the most part of that match. We, we, know, we know a lot about Sam Query. We know that's, that's his game. He, he's probably going to look to come forward to the net as well and volley if he can. So... We're really looking and saying, can Sangren have a big enough return game to stop the the query serve? So, you know, you, you seem to know a little bit more about tennis Sangren than I do. Uh, what's your thoughts on him uh, stacked up against Sam Query? Well, he's a scrappy kid. And, you know, he's come up the hard way. I think he can do it. I, I think what he has to do, well, what he has to do is keep the ball in play. You got to run things down with Query. You keep him on the court and he's going to miss. Query's in that old school style. You know, he, he's trying to finish things quick. You know, and let's just face it. What is he now, 32? And I think Sangren can, can has a chance, but he has to counterpunch. He's got to get that return back. He's got to block the ball, and he's got to get on his horse all day long. If you can get enough balls back on Sam Query, you can beat him. I mean, Korich couldn't do it. 
Barrancas did to a certain degree, but I think Sandgren is better at it. And I'm going to take Tennis Sandgren, and I hope that he is an underdog to beat Sam Query in that third-round match. That's a bold play. I like to play bold plays. That's why we cash with Flash. You're the one who no, I, you're the one who started all that years and years ago. Remember? <laughs> no, I like it. No, I really do like it. Uh, you know, if you believe that he's got the uh, the defensive game, uh, if he can get those serves back in return and, and keep Query moving, then yeah, no, I, I do like it. That, that's a really good bet, and that's you know probably one of the the, the picks of the round if the odds the odds are going to favor Query because people know more about him. I think so. Yeah, that's bold. I like that. Well, you have to be bold in these tennis things. The other match I'm looking at is Pella and Fognini. I think Fognini is about to uh, go hang out with his wife. I think it's about over. You know, he looks so Johnny casual when he plays. It never seems to get cracked, never cracks, never folds, never crumbles. He just loses usually. But uh, he's the number 12 seed up against the 22 seed. I think Fognini is going to be an overwhelming favorite, and I look for a Pella upset. You could be right, actually, because Fognini's already played 10 sets of tennis, and he's won both of his first two games on the tiebreaker right. in the fifth set. So, you know, that's, that's two matches, two huge matches he's had to play already. Um, I just don't see him making Pella go away in, in straight sets. You know, if, if he's going to win that game, he needs to win in, in three sets, I think. I, I think he can't play another uh, five sets of tennis. It's just not feasible. Um, so, yeah, you know, Pella's probably a good shout at this stage. He seems to be playing relatively well. Um, I think he'll maybe just try and run Fognini down. And you know these Argentinians will do that. They're used to playing on like the clay surface. They want to play uh, long rallies. They don't want to play short points. And uh, Fognini's probably same. You know, he, he's been brought up the Italian way on those clay courts. And uh, you're going to see a lot of rallies in that one. It's not going to be short points. And I think Pelo just wear him down over five sets. That's a good one. Now Silich and Batista Agut. Now Batista Agut has had a pretty decent run. What is he? He's lost just one set. But Silich. Silich is going to rain down serves. That's what he's looking to do. He's played just seven sets also. So, I mean, who do you like here? Because Silich is going to be the underdog more than likely, but I think he should be the favorite. And if he is the underdog, you almost have to take a shot because he looks good. Wow. Yeah. Batista, good. I just, there's something about him that he's just like. Do you remember David Ferrer a few years ago? He retired a couple of years back. Yes, I do, in fact. I, I get that sort of impression about Batista Agut. Like, he doesn't do anything standout. Like, you know, there's not a shot that you look at it, he's got, and you go, wow, he does that really, really well. You know, that gives him a huge advantage, but he does everything pretty good. Um, is, is that enough to beat Martin Sillage? It's not enough to beat Martin Sillage at his best, but if Martin Silage isn't at his best going into that one, then, you know, Batista Agut will just uh, he'll, he'll do that David Ferrer thing where he'll just be good enough that uh, he'll, he'll have enough to take Silage out. I'm going to go Batista Agut in four sets. I just got a feeling that Silage isn't quite back to 100% yet, and Batista Agut might pull the surprise in four sets. You know, that's probably what will happen. You know, we're, there's no point in discussing Novak Djokovic because... 
He's going to be an overwhelming favorite. Nishikoya, Nishikoya isn't going to do diddly squat. Um, let me see. Who else was I looking at? Okay. You know what, though? This could get interesting. You've got John Millman, who upset Humbert, which cost me a couple of quid, um, against the incomparable, the greatest of all time. Well, maybe he isn't. Who knows? Roger Federer. Can Millman pull off the home court upset? Because he's played relatively easy matches, and he's beaten two-seated players. Um, no. 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 <laughs> <laughs> They're going to put that one on the big court at night because you've got this Aussie guy up against Roger Federer. He's going to be on the uh, Rod Laver Arena night match. He's going to be on primetime TV, and it'll be straight sets Roger Federer, and, and, and it'll be very similar to his first game. He'll break Milman a couple of times in each set, so you're, you're looking at the unders on that one. It, it's going to be three sets maybe as few as, I don't know, 25 games or something like that. They're not going to play a lot of tennis there. He's just going to sweep him really, really quickly, I think. Okay, that's fair. I, I think I have a feeling, though, that he's going to have the home crowd behind him maybe, and maybe he gets a set. I don't know. I, I think I might play the over on that one. I, I You know, Federer looks good so far, but, you know, that is what it is. And we're purposely avoiding a lot of matches because by the time you listen to this show later today or tomorrow, those matches will already have been played and they will have been no benefit to you. But now let's let's swing on over to the ladies' side unless you have anything else you want to say about the men. No, let's go for it. Unless I have something more to say about cheating coaches? Do I? Maybe in a minute. Because I haven't thrown my career completely away yet. This one here, we're in the third round of the ladies in some of these actions. And, and Barty, she looks good. I told you, she's playing with a burden. I, I, I nailed it. But she's got to play against Rabakina. Ribakina. And she's the 29th seed. I don't honestly know that much about her but Ashley Barty has this focus and this look that actually is quite scary yeah I know she's she's playing well at the minute um, she's not going to have any problems third round um, I think the difficulty you know we, we said in the men's draw that like Nadal's going to face a few problems when he comes into the second week and I think that's going to be where it starts to become challenging for Barty as well. Um, going to be a big hometown favorite, but uh, the, the matches are going to start getting a lot tougher for her second week, and we're going to learn a lot more about Ash Barty when we go into the second week. I think you're right, but I think she's going to win this tournament, I think. And, uh, well, we'll have to see. But I think she's going to win this match. I don't know if you can bet this one because Barty's probably going to be over minus 200. So I might fade that one. We'll have to see. But a match that could be interesting, and this is one of your players, Julia Gorgeous is taking on Allison Risky. She's the 18th seed. Risky has blown through this tournament thus far. And, and I believe so has Ju well, Julia Gorgeous had a tough match. Uh, she just comes off an upset. And here she is against Risky in the third round. Does Gorgeous have a chance at winning this match? Uh, Julia Gorgeous is such an interesting one. She's got a chance of winning any match because she's got that kind of game. Um, she's also got the potential to 
you know, forward like a house of cards at any time. <laughs> right. Um, you know, you know, she could easily win this one and take Ash Barty out the next round, and then both of us would be, you know, sitting here looking at each other like, what? You know, didn't see that coming. But uh, she's such a, a streaky player. She can go on like a little run of wins, and then she can go like, you know, four or five tournaments where she doesn't win her first match. Um I, I, I like Alison Risk here, though. I, I think Alison Risk, uh, she, she's going to be the one who, who goes through to face Ash Barty. But uh, I, I could see it being a, quite a tough match, and it, it will probably go the distance, this one. Yeah, see, I would probably play the over in this one. I happen to think that Gorgeous is going to win. I watched her play Kuzmova uh, opening day, and she just zipped through that one. And then beat Martich, you know, she came back from down. She was She won the last two sets. She looked really good, especially the last couple of games in the third set. It's that confidence. You know, she's a streaky player. We talked about her lots, remember, and uh, over the years. And it's a streaky player, but streaky players win the Australian Open. Um, no one would think she could, but I guess I would have to probably go the over and I would have to take the favorite risky in this deal. Now, this is a match I'm interested in for obvious reasons. We have Madison Keys against Maria Sakari from Greece. Yes, another Greek player. There's two of them in there. What happened? I wonder what happened back then. But anyways, I'm gonna pop, I'm gonna pat myself on the back so much I'm gonna need a longer arm, Craig. But uh, Madison Keys and Sakari, who do you like in this one? Because this one is going to be a bettable match. But you want to be obviously you want to be on the right side of it. Which way do you swing with this? Yeah, it's going to be short as well. Madison Keys is going to win quite comfortably in straight sets. And you think so? And why do you think that? I just think Madison Keys is so solid. Everything about her game's pretty good. I, I just have this feeling that you know she's she's close to a breakthrough. She's she's almost been there. You know, she's she's gotten close before. Um, I I just see her nailing that focus at some point this year, and uh, you know she's going to move into the big time. She's not going to be a on the fringes of top 10 plus she's going to move right in there and be right in amongst it and yeah I think this is her year I could just see see it on the hard courts and uh, it, it, it just the stars are aligning for Madison Keys. Um, I actually watched her earlier today against um, oh Roos uh, Roos yeah, yeah around, uh, Roos that second set uh, for, she blew her away yeah I was I was going to say for like the first uh, first set it was like yeah it was pretty tight in fact it was tight going to uh into the second set as well the first uh four games but then keys just has that ability to to lift a level and a lot of players can't go with her when she does that uh and, and i just really i really like her here and to be honest i could see her in the next round that like she's there's a potential she could face um petra kvitova in the next round and i would fancy keys to, to pull an upset in that one as well okay um i'm not going to pick one for obvious reasons um, just in case someone's listening and thinks that someone doesn't believe in her anymore. But I think this is going to go three sets. I, th I don't think it's going to be as close as you think. Um, yeah, Madison Keys has played well. But Maria's played well, too. And I think that Maria is looking for a breakthrough. She's now, what, number 20 in the world? She wants to show the world that there's more than just Stefano Sisipas in Greece. And I have a funny feeling that she's going to surprise some people in this match, and I'll leave it at that. Now, you brought up Petra Kitova, and she's playing against Alexandrova. Now, this one here is going to be a bettable match also because Kvitova is going to be the overwhelming favorite, 
but I like this Alexandrova girl. She can hit the ball, and she seems to have a decent head on her shoulders. Yeah, I'm not going to be touching this one myself. I think it's uh, it's a bit close to call. I, I don't think we're going to get good money on Kvitova. No. Because um, she will be an overwhelming favorite. Um, and I'm not convinced Alexandrova quite has it in her to take out Kvitova if Kvitova's plays as she has done in the first two games. I mean, she's just she's just played fantastic the first two games. We know Kvitova's uh, Grand Slam champion, you know, so... That that level of quality is there, and if, if she's got her, her eye in, she's uh, hitting her shots. She's very very difficult to stop. So uh, I, I just don't see value in this one either way. I, I really favour Kvitova to win it, but um, not at the price that we're going to get there. No, I think I'm going to fade this one. But if I had to pick a winner, I like Alexandrova. I, I like the underdog, as you know, but I'm leaving it alone. But this is the match. You're going to see more money on this match than a lot of matches. Osaka and Coco Goff. <laughs> My friend was asking me about her the other day, Coco. You know what? I don't know, man. You know, I like Naomi Osaka. I like the little move she played at the U.S. Open when she let him interview her opponent when she played Coco. Coco looked decent against Cirstia, but... Yeah, everyone in the mother is going to want Goff to win. But I think Osaka takes care of her again. I, I just don't see what a lot of people are seeing. I, I think she's the real deal, who, her being Coco. But she has no forehand, dude. I mean, I ha that's the first time in a long time I've seen a lady play that didn't have a forehand. Uh, well, you're going to see another lady play that's not got a forehand very shortly when we get further down this draw. But um, all right, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> she's still, there. yeah, she's still there. Yeah, she um, is still there. Okay, we'll get to her in a minute. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Osaka for me. I actually think it's going to come back together for Osaka because not as many people are talking about her now. She's kind of stepped out that limelight a little bit. She's refocused. She's won her first two matches quite comfortably. And to be honest, taking out Zeng the way she did is actually quite a good a good win uh, for anyone. Uh, Zeng's been a pretty tough competitor. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not really convinced that this uh, Gao fever thing's going to upset Osaka in any way possible. I think she's just going to take care of business real quick. Straight sets again, and Osaka will be through to the fourth round. And then the fire goes out on Coco Goff for another six weeks. We won't see, we won't hear from her again until Indian Wells probably, or maybe Miami, because she's still limited in the events she can play. But uh, it's going to be a big match. You know, it's. I don't know if I want to stay up to watch it, but uh, it should be interesting. Okay. We 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 tease this match. <laughs> Caroline Wozniacki. That's who you're referring to without the forehand, right? That's who I was referring to, yeah. Yeah, and she's playing against a young lady I, I barely recognize, and that's uh Joe Bear, right? Or Joe Bauer. Does Wozniacki yeah, well, Wozniacki's gonna get through this round? She's gonna make it to the quarterfinals, right? Uh, no, she's going to make it to the fourth round because she plays Serena in the next round that oh, she wins. Right, yeah. Assuming Serena wins her match, but I think that's kind of like the 
you know, there's a, there's that Wozniacki Serena thing where they're friends off the court sort of thing. Right. And I think with Wozniacki retiring after this, this is probably her dream match. You know, is to play Serena, and if if she loses to Serena here, they'll have a little party thing on the court afterwards. Right. And, you know, it, it, it'll all be great, and yeah, uh, you can see it happening, can't you? She, Wozniacki wins this one, she goes through. Serena wins her match, and then Serena beats Wozniacki in straight sets in the fourth round, and it, it's it's you know everyone's happy sort of thing. Okay, I, I'm with you on that one too. But Serena has to get past Wang first, and I think that she will. But I think this is going to be the biggest test for her thus far. Serena has looked pretty good, I guess, and uh, but. She's got the intimidation factor the first couple of rounds, but is Wang going to be scared of her? Well, you wouldn't think so. Like, you know, Wang's, Wang's a seeded player, you know, she, so she's been around, uh, for, you know, she, she's not a young kid. Right. I think she's late 20s, so she's been around a bit, but uh, there's also the, you know, how, how many times has Wang uh, really caused Serena problems over the years yeah. is the question. So um, what's, you know, what she got coming into this one that that makes her anyone like really believe that Wang's going to upset Williams. I, I just don't. See. Serena's playing really well at the minute, actually. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I I could see Serena getting through to play Wozniacki in the fourth round, and that you know Caroline Wozniacki has probably dreamed of that since she's seen the jaw coming out. So um, that'll be the big match uh, fourth round. Well, you know who I think is going to this. We might see an upset. In this in this side of the draw, Kennan plays Zhang, and, and I like what Kennan's done so far. She looks good. She's out there counter punching. She's fighting every ball, but this Zhang kid can hit, and she's not afraid of anybody. I've seen her play a couple of times. She knocked out Chris, uh, Christine McNally, and that was a good win for her. I think Zhang pushes Kennan. I think you're going to get a good price on Zhang. I think she can beat her. What do you think? Well, it's going to be close, isn't it? Be. Zhang's another one. She's uh, been around a while. I think she might even be in her early 30s now, Zhang. So she's got a lot of experience out there. And she's actually a very good doubles player as well. Mm -hmm. um, she, highly ranked doubles player. So she's not going to be afraid to come into the net and play a little bit in the net if she needs to. Um, that, it is going to be a very, very tough match for Kinnan. Um She's a young lady with a big future. Uh whether it's going to be here at this tournament. I think she's only 21, isn't she, Kenan? Um, yeah, you know, these are the kind of matches that she's going to have to, to learn to win against more seasoned campaigners like Zhang. Um, again, it's not going to be one that I'm going to be quick to jump on because uh, Kenan's come through against two qualifiers thus far. Um, Zhang's going to be a real test. Uh, and we should, we should point out at this stage that Zhang actually had a huge win in the first round against uh, Sloane Stevens as well. Right. Well, I didn't think that was that huge. But, uh, you know. Oh, Sloane Stevens did. Well, yeah. Well, Sloane's going to think that. But the queen was down. I, I, people got upset with me about that. They Obviously, they knew who I was referring to. I'm going to go with Zhang in this one, I, I think. You know, it's a couple days away. I want to look at this a little closer. But I like the way she plays. And, and I don't think she's going to be afraid of the occasion, you know? So we'll have to see. Is there anything else you, you got on your mind about this tournament? What are you thinking before we say goodbye to these nice people? No, I'm sticking with my picks. Uh, I'm going to stick with the the more outside dark horse pick on Madison Keys and the women's draw. Fair. 
and I'm gonna um, stick with Novak Djokovic in the men's draw, although he's not really uh, been tested thus far. But uh, yeah, I, I'm quite comfortable with that. That sounds good. I'm comfortable with everything that I did last week, and I'm comfortable with everything we did today. And I hope that people fire coaches who cheat and who tell their kids to cheat. That's what I really hope. For Craig Doyle, I'm Phil Nasons. Thanks for listening to This Week in Tennis. This Week in Tennis. 